Yo, 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 it's your boy Coach Bub. You're on another episode of Shot Clock Podcast. And I got a very special guest tonight. I got the legend, the most legendary coach, Robert Jackson. What's up, Coach Bub? Appreciate you coming (laughs) in with me tonight, Coach. Uh, Let's get started, man. So, let's start off, you know, you went to Norcom, obviously, right? And uh, there was a very legendary coach there himself. Right. Coach okay, Langston. Coach Joe Langston, right? Mm-hmm. So, what was what was that like playing for Coach Joe Langston? Coach Langston was like that. Uh, I had a father in the house, you know. Got up, went to work, took care of us, and he taught us, you know, life how to be a good father and you know treat your family and what to do for your family. Coach Langston gave us that street education. Okay. You know, we was always told you needed that those two education. You need that book education. You need that street education. You know, so he was he was that guy. You know, that taught us, you know, about the streets, how it is out here. And he, and he one thing about him, he didn't want us to be disillusioned about anything once we got out there in the world. So he kept it real, right? Okay. So plan for Coach Joe Langston. What are what is what are one of the maybe a, a saying or just some of the things that you take with you right now, even to this day in life, and you've actually, you know, instilled that in some of your players. Every saying y'all ever heard, I got them from him. Want nothing original. <laughs> I done dropped a couple of your sayings yeah. in, a, so in a couple any, episodes. Any, any saying that you ever heard playing for me? I got you. I got it from him. Okay. So I want too many. I didn't have too many original statements that uh, I didn't get from him. And I don't take credit for it. I mean, it is what it is. If it worked, it was good. Run with it. Okay. So, what was what was it like during the time you played? You know, I know it's a totally different Norcom now. I know you, you know you're obviously there as the athletic director. You've been the coach there. So, what is the landscape of Norcom compared today versus when you were there and you know you were a student? Well, I ain't gonna lie. When I left, being in Virginia Beach, and you know, being around those kids and so forth. Going back to Norcom, it was like a culture shock to me. Because when I was at Norcom, for instance, you had to apply to get into school. Okay. It was like a vocational school. You had to apply to get in and you had to maintain a certain average to get in. And the one thing about Norcom, you know, it's a historically black school. Uh, us, Booker T, and uh, probably the only two remaining schools that, uh, that were predominantly black then. And coming back, you know, when I was in Norcom, everybody went to Norcom. Your mama, <laughs> your daddy, all the aunts, uncles, everything. Now it's more like a community-based school where the kids there and that don't really have any real ties to it. You know, they their aunt mamas and dads probably went to Wilson. Okay. That kind of thing. So it's more of a community. So that, thing so that pride, that, that sense of pride. You, you still try to build that pride thing. Uh, you still try to, you know, talk about those things and teach those things. But it's not as prevalent as it was back, back then. I got you. It makes sense. Okay, so going from one, a historically black high school, and then obviously you go to Norfolk State. Right. Right. So... Was that like a culture shock for you, or was it like the same because you, like you said, you had just been at Norcom? Well, going to Norfolk State, yeah, as a student, yeah. I went to Norfolk State because Norfolk State was the only school that would take me. 
<laughs> Want a whole lot of choices out there for no 1.9s. One point nine. Yeah, graduate. I tell that story all the time. And I, back then, I was ashamed of it. Yeah. But now I try to use it as motivation that so, you too can make it. Yeah. <laughs> I went to school with, and I graduated. And, and the thing about graduating with a one point nine, uh, everybody has that turnaround in life. I didn't get mine until after like my first semester at Norfolk State. Okay. When the light bulb kind of the out. light bulb clicked because I took them same sorry study habits. Well, I can tell you this: when I was in at Norcom, they used to hand you at at the end of the semester they would give you your grade point average on a sheet of paper and they told you where your rank was. And I'm looking at mine, and I'm like, oh my god, you know, this is going into my. It was like my first semester of my senior year, mm-hmm. and if we had 300 kids. Graduating, I probably was two ninety six, something around there. I don't know the exact number, Man. but all the people I hung around were right around in that area. Okay. So I decided I'm gonna get my GPA up and made all A's the second semester. But it stopped calculating your GPA after the first semester, so it really didn't matter. I got you. So it was a matter of at that time I didn't apply myself. You know, and when I graduated and had to go back and get my transcript, and I looked at it, I see why my mom and dad stayed mad. Yeah. And it it wasn't until I went to Norfolk State, and my first semester there, I took them same sorry study habits, didn't do well, and all my friends made honor roll, and they gave them these ribbons, and that when I say they joked me yeah. so bad. Can you cuss on your show? Yeah, you. Hey, I know you, you could because I said up here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you keep real. Nah, I gotta keep it professional. I'm not gonna use. I don't curse, anyways. But <laughs> this is athletic director <laughs> Robert Jackson yeah. talking right now. So uh, they joked me so bad, and I was in, I was embarrassed basically. Okay. And that was my turnaround. So that was. So I was on the honor roll, dean's list, and everything after that. Everybody has that in life. Everybody gets to that point. I think we hope anyway that when you get to that point and you realize I got to make some changes, I can't keep doing the same things. And that was mine. So what was what was the football program like at Nova State at that time? We were the last team to win the CIAA okay. in '84. Matter of fact, I didn't play football. Uh, when I first got there, I was pretty much done with football. Yeah, with the one nine, it was. I don't. I don't know how you was gonna get out there, anyways. Uh, well, you ain't need all that back then. Oh. It didn't matter. <laughs> oh, so everybody was playing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, the SATs and all that didn't didn't come into effect. The SATs. That's a whole another story. Why that came pretty much came into effect. So we didn't need all of that. Okay. You, if I got if you got in school, you could play. And Nova State let me in on probation. And it just took off from there. And I thank God for Norfolk State. They that's why I look at HBCUs and stuff. Yeah. They 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 gave me a chance. So yeah. I'm forever yeah, grateful to Norfolk State. They definitely much needed in this. But I thought I was gonna, I wanted to go to Howard, be an engineer. And my guidance counselor looked at my grades and was like, "You sure y'all want to be a carpenter or something?" <laughs> <laughs> so that's how that went. Okay, so. At one point in time, do you realize, okay, I want to get into coaching. All right, you graduate. So how do how do we get into coaching? Like, what, what's those steps? I graduated from Norfolk State. I wound up working in North Shipco, okay. shipyard. 
And North Ship Co. probably was my first time ever coming into racism in your face. Okay. Now, I'm sure it happened. I just didn't know about it. So what happened? Uh, you were, I was placed in a... Uh, I was working as a inside machine shop, but I had an electronic degree. Okay. So I wanted to get into electronics, but they put me in the inside machine shop, who I which I knew nothing about. So they, you know, I'm trying to learn on the run. And when you in there, I was in an apprenticeship program. Okay. Don't folks ain't trying to teach you nothing because they figured they training you to, to take, take their job. job. So I, I did that, and next thing I know, I'm working on the bottom of ships, and I'm sitting there thinking, I didn't go to school for this. <laughs> yeah. Chipping paint, chipping rust off the bottom of ships and all that, and it just so happened I was on vacation. North Chicago was the first job my I, I was physically sick knowing I had to go in the next day. Gotcha. So I was on vacation, and my brother, my little brother, and my nephew played for North. So I said, I'm going to take them to practice and watch practice. Okay. So I took them to practice, and it's funny how fate works. I took them to practice, and I'm standing there watching, and Coach Langston said, you know, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm on vacation, whatever. He said, why don't you come out here and help us out? And I went out there and fell in love with it. And that's that's what I think really, that was That's for, really how you started coaching. That's why I started coaching. He, he told me to come out there while I was on vacation. And I fell in love with it, and that's when I realized I finally found what I want to do. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So now you feel like, all right, all right, what we like to always ask the guy, you know, what's your why? All right. So you found your why now, like, mm-hmm. you want to be a head football coach. Or, you know, want to be a head coach. Okay. That never even, I never saw myself as a head coach back then. All right. You know, it was just something I wanted to do. So now it, got, it, it grew into, Okay, if I'm gonna be around these kids, I might as well get paid for it. So I saw it as an avenue out of the shipyard. Okay. So that's when I went back to school, back to Norfolk State, and, got and, to teach and they would say, "What you want to teach?" I wanted to be a math teacher, but the hours I took in technology, they said, "Well, they wouldn't accept those hours." I had to go back and do math. I said, "Well, no, give me something else. What's the quickest way in?" They said, "Especially," I said, "Sign me up." And I, that's that's how I became a special ed teacher. And not even knowing that the special ed was going to shape you into well, what you need. Because, you know, being a, a coach. The special ed, my plan was go in special ed for a couple of years, get out of it, go teach math. Get get your hours for math. Okay. But 30 years later, I was still doing special ed. So. Okay. So, so your first coaching stop was Norcom. So what year? Right. What year is this? What year is this? This was I want to say around eighty eight. Okay, so eighty eight, eighty seven, eighty eight, something around there. All right. So, are you what? What year do you for now go off and leave Norcom and go to Tallwood? What year is this? I, my first head job. Well, matter of fact, I got a job in Virginia Beach teaching at Plaza Middle. Okay. And that was my first head job. Okay. I so had in middle school. school. So from there, uh, that's how I wound up at Tallwood. I wound up going to Tallwood, just, you know, coaching there. And I think after the first year, I mean, Tallwood had been in existence one year before I got there, and they went over. And then I got there, uh, we won two games. 
Okay. So when you get to Starwood, what are you coaching? I was the offensive line coach. Okay. So the next year, no, my first year we won two games. The year before that, they didn't win any. My second year, he made me the defensive coordinator. We had some stuff going on because I was on my way to Green Run, and he made me the defensive coordinator, and that was my first coordinating position. So on your cut you off when you about to go to Green Run, is this Cadillacs at Green Run? Or it was more like a power move. If you don't, if, I, if you don't make, yeah, if you don't get me this, I'm going over oh. here <laughs> with Cadillac. <laughs> it was a power move, so, basically. Yeah, if you don't make me the decoy, so you, so you leverage your way I'm into a defensive coordinator. Basically, you 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 bullied yeah, your I'm way into a defensive coordinator. I'm going over there with Cadillac. Cadillac had offered me a job. Got you. Okay. So that's how that came about. All right. So you got the defense. What? 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 What's What's the landscape of football at this time? Let's paint the picture. You know, I, we got some yeah. listeners out here that weren't born mm-hmm. at that point in time. So. What is football like? If you can break it down, like you know, today is spread. You know, people are you know, well, pass every, happy, wide open. Then, for instance, at Tallwood, we ran the wishbone. Okay, so you know, and talking. that's what he knew, and that's what he was gonna do. We rarely threw. He saw passing as, you know, I, I I used to look. Pat Hill would put pass patterns on the board and be like, "These two guys are decoys," and I'm like, "Decoys." <laughs> it, 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 when you talk about culture shock. It yeah. was different coaching with these guys because they would say stuff like, we don't blitz our linemen. You know, I'm like, don't blitz your linemen. And all, where I came from, it was a pressure situation. You know, you sitting in the house, everybody going. Gotcha. But their thing was, we don't blitz our linemen and, you know, we want our linemen to lock up and we they going to read and all that. And I'm like... That's okay if you got some six fives and all that up there, but do you you got some five nines and five eights on the line? They ain't logging up with nobody and reading yeah, nothing. These gaps, yeah. And they really want a realistic approach to what I thought coaching. You know, you look at what they say at Penn State, and then you go back, you take that back, and you try to apply it to what you have. It's not going to work. And that's one thing Coach Langston used to always say when we went to clinics. His thing was always taste what's feasible because you got to keep in mind when he talking about teaching a guy, he talked to Penn State. I went to a Penn State game was standing on the sideline. They were playing Ohio State. And a 6'6 got hurt, and they sent in another 6'6. And I'm like, we ain't got a 6'6 in the building. Got you. (laughs) So. All right, so we at Tallwood. Mm -hmm. So when do you – when you – get the urge that I, I'm going to push for a head coaching job or is it something when someone calls you? So how do we get the base at? Um, I wound up going back to Norcom. Well, let me first say, Tallwood, I think that second year, you know, I had a real bond with those kids. Okay. Um, and it, would, it, it, it almost got kind of toxic because it got to a point they would listen to me or they would come to me for things or gravitate to me for things, and the head coach kind of got upset. I got you. Because he would be like, like if I went to him, I always try to, you know, go to the head coach, yo, man, this was going on, you need to, you know, what are you coming to me for? They always going to you for everything else, why you don't handle this? And I was okay. like, it was like, wow, you know, I'm trying to come to you. With this yeah, I'm, coming, I'm giving you the decency. I can't help the kids. 
you know, looking to me for that kind of stuff. And they coming to me because I kind of look like them and I sound like them. and I, I generally have their best interests at heart. Okay. And But that was a good group of kids, you know. John Van and Derek Daniels, all them guys, man. They were a good group of kids. And we had a good year that year. And they pretty much, Tallwood pretty much took off from there. Okay. So I wound up going back to Norcom because... You seen this thing with the coaching waiting? Mm-hmm. I was the coaching waiting. Coaching. So, so you supposed to get so all right. So, in your mind now, leverage again. In your mind, you thinking? Well, not thinking. Or you supposed to be? Well, I was told. What I was asked was coming back to Norco, taking over for coach when he because he was ready to get out. Okay. But he really wasn't ready to get out. So he was kind of like you. He like was leveraging. He was. He was. We talk about that. Pretty man. much telling me, you know, that but he wasn't ready to get out. But that was his way of getting me back to come back. So I came back to Norcom and how I wound up at Bayside, when I left Tallwood, I don't know if you you ever heard of a guy named Teron Anderson. Anderson yeah. That was my brother in law. Okay. And I wound up taking him from Tallwood because he moved in my his mom passed and so he wound up moving in with me. I got you. I he left Tallwood, came to Norcom. And that didn't set too well with the head coach. It was one of those. It looked like you going behind my back. You taking my guys. I was taking my nephew, my brother. Yeah, bro. but but that's how <laughs> he didn't he, see it that way. Because he, he already saw, had lost a locker room. Yeah, he you already, said earlier yeah, to yeah, you. So, so he, his thing was, you know, you yeah, you taking my players. He his his whole thing. Matter of fact, the guy came up to me at the front of him and asked, "I know it's a bad time, but are you going to take him from Tallwood?" At the front of So right there, you already done lost me because you yeah, got me. Yeah. No, you don't give a special, damn ball yeah, for this yeah. dude. You know? Yeah. So I wound up taking him there. We went to Norcom. And I, I mentioned that because when I, one of my friends, Johnny Pope, he was at, teaching at, at uh, Tallwood. And uh, he called me. He said the Bayside job opened and they, they weren't really satisfied with the with the candidates. Mm-hmm. So I called him. I called uh, Mr. Dabransky over at, at uh, Bayside and I said, is it still, is it too late to apply for the job? So I hear him cover the phone up and he says, it's a guy from Norcom want to apply for the job. Okay. So they said, yeah, bring him in. You know, bring him in. So he said, can you come in tomorrow? I said, no. Because I was working at the Pines. I said, no, I got to go to work tomorrow. So he said, okay. And we hung up the phone. And I said, what was you thinking? The Pines? I said, okay. I called him back. I said, I can make it tomorrow. So that's when I went in for the interview. And the interview went well, and they called me back for a second one. But the reason why they called me, my boy at Tallwood said, and just go show you how treacherous some people are, Mm -hmm. that he overheard the coach at Tallwood talking to the Bayside principal telling him I want this and I want that and they shouldn't hire me and all that. And he called me and said, yo, man, I can hear him over there trashing you. So they called me in at Bayside and asked me all these questions. Well, what happened with this and what happened with that? And I said, I can remember telling them, um, I already heard what he did. And I said, if y'all called me in to ask me this, I don't give a damn if you hire me or not. Gotcha. And they said, we want to offer you the position. 
I said, okay, I'll get back with you. Because I'm mad now. I'm mad because I'm mad. <laughs> oh, you're trying to play leverage yeah, game again? Yeah. I, I no, 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 I got mad because you said if you're going to ask me on some about, boat because yeah, yeah. what he said. So I said, no, don't worry about it. I, I'll get back to you. I called him back the next day and said I'm coming, but still. Yeah. I didn't want to give him yeah. satisfaction of <laughs> accepting the position right then. Petty, man. All right. So, what what is Bayside like when you get there? Because obviously, you know. Again? You you always going somewhere like, trying to rebuild. They were like one and something. One and, I think they had won one or maybe two games okay. the year before. And... I, I looked at Bayside as Bayside being the, the Norcom of the beach, where there's a lot of talent there, and and uh, it was just a matter of coming in and changing some attitudes. And granted, this is my first year as a head coach, yeah. but one thing I did, and I you know I always try to stress to young coaches and young people who who aspire to be head coaches, learn everything you can about a program. You know, you get too many coaches that yeah, all they concentrate on is the X's and O's. Mm-hmm. They think my X's and O's gonna beat all your X's and O's. That's not the case when you're talking about a head. And as a head coach, you got to deal with everything. Parents, you have to deal with those kids. You have to deal with teachers. You have to deal with equipment, physicals, eligibility. So learn everything you can. Get with somebody that's willing to teach you and learn everything you can about how to run a program. Gotcha. You know, uh, Coach Langston and I, I had a van back then. <laughs> and we used to sit, go to the liquor store, get us some crown, and sit there and drink a fifth of liquor. And all he did was talk about, we never taught X's and O's. All he talked about was how to treat kids. Gotcha. I learned more from him sitting in there over a bottle of crown. That's when I was doing in my wickedness. And he is, and uh, <laughs> glad we. I'm not there anymore. You don't partake of those. Nah, those nah, I'm trying to get you those to stop. Those evils. Yeah, I'm trying to get you uh, to stop. A, as I yeah. hit the red cup. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna see you with a red cup. <laughs> but uh, I learned more from him just sitting in the front seat and just just talking yeah. and learning life. Just learning how life. To be a, how to how to treat kids and how to treat coaches and just how to run a program. You know, I'm forever thankful for that. You can't get that anywhere. Because you can't, yeah. you run into a whole lot of people don't want to teach you that. They don't want to share. They Everything's a secret. Ain't no secrets in this. Yeah, it's a fraternity. Definitely. All right, so you get this thing at Bayside, and now the success is starting to come. Right. And you get the rolling. We got the rolling, and so what? What? What was the? As a come on now, I know now you're gonna be humble, but as a young, uh-huh. as a young, I'm gonna be straight up with you. As a young you. coach, uh-huh. you know you finally, you know, getting that success. What does that feel like? It's kind of surreal, and you say I'm gonna be humble, but that's the only way I know how to be. My my thing, coaching has always been. Don't take credit for nothing. Let people tell you. Okay. What you doing? If you doing well or whatever. If you go back and look at any interview I've ever done, you'll never say I did anything. You'll never hear me say that. Jack did this. Coach Jack did that. No, my coaches put together a great game plan. I had great kids. Like even to this day, we had success at Bayside because I had some great kids. 
I had great kids. Man, you know, I can name a whole now bunch of them. some dogs over there. Yeah, I can name a whole bunch of them. Some of them coaching now. Yeah. And, you know, John White, he's the coach at Bayside now. He was one of my puppies. I call them all my puppies, you know. And uh, I just had some great kids, and they bought into it. You know, I, I can build self-esteem winning a whole lot better than I can losing. Yeah. And those guys, you know, when they came through, I had some stuff where the, the coach told me this guy's slow, he this, he that. You know, slow as in retarded. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this guy's <laughs> slow, he's a little slow, he's this and that. But them said the same guy, and I called him Kenny Payne, told me he was slow. He at uh Kenny Payne went off Wilson, and got him. Right? Yeah, he was at yeah, Wilson. Went, Kenny Payne went out and got him a degree. Yeah. Just the same guy you labeled as slow. But now he got a degree and got a family and doing things, doing doing well for himself. Yeah. So, you know, I take pride in seeing guys. I look at you. You know, you you was kind of sorry back then. and <laughs> you, you struggled as an athlete. But look at you. I mean, you turned out all right, yeah. man. Because yeah. I, I really, I used to sit up worried about you. <laughs> he got to do this for the camera. Go ahead. Go on. Go ahead. Get it on. I used to worry about you, but you turn out all right, man. I feel I, good. I, about I appreciate you. that. I, I count you as one of my success stories. I appreciate I had a hand that, in that. I, I really do, and I and I give you a lot of credit in that. You know, with with, with that as well. Um, okay, you know I had to get that in there. We'll I know. Go ahead. That felt good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna get you back. I know. And so, so you so the first year was PA right that you that you lost to. So why you gotta bring up losses and stuff? Oh, uh, we are gonna talk about everything, <laughs> baby. Like, we can't, yeah, we can't, just, we can't good, just celebrate. You, you just go right into the losses. We can't just celebrate the nah, hey, We beat some people. Your, we beat some people high. before PA. I mean, you did. You went ten and zero. Okay, PA beat us. Then you want to talk about that? that so was, that was Kyle Palmer. I'm trying to think. CJ Fayton. That was Cedric Humes. Yeah, yeah. They, but the crazy part, we beat them like in the in the regular season. Thirty six to three. I remember you dogged them in the regular season. But then they got hot at the end, and they wound up beating us like 17 to nothing yeah. in the playoffs. And I can remember going to – no, but well, before that, I went to a PA Bayside game. I think that might have been my, my first year there. Mm-hmm. And I went to the game, and I saw Faden, I saw Park, uh, Parham, and then they had this big kid. Uh, he wound up going to Harvard or somewhere. He went to an Ivy League. And uh, – I'm looking at them standing beside our kids at Bayside. And I can remember telling Coach McGowan, Jeff McGowan, uh, we got to do something weight room wise. Because they were just so much bigger than our kids. Yeah. And I'm looking at Hainsworth and all them standing beside them. I'm like, uh, this, this ain't looking right. So we put together a nice strength. Jeff was in charge of strength and conditioning. He put together a nice So. So, Coach, we go 10-0, we go 10-0, back-to-back, on cloud nine. Mm-hmm. But that last game that you were at Bayside, you ran into a pretty good Deep Creek team. Virginia Tech. <laughs> that was Virginia Tech? Yeah. So, All them jokes went to Virginia Tech. Yeah, they were, that, Tap was on that team too, right? Tap, uh, D-Hole, all them dudes. Hyman, yeah. Yeah, so we ran yeah, that yeah, game. Yeah, they were tough. All right, so you lose that game. How does how does now the transition go where 
you getting ready to go to Lansdowne. What 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 transpires? Well, actually, say? I got a call just before that season ended. They were about to open Lansdowne, and I got a, a call saying, uh, "Would I be interested in coming to Lansdowne, opening that program?" But I was supposed to keep it hush. Okay. So I didn't say anything. But you already knew. But you, already, you knew at what whatever happened. So if y'all had won the state championship, um, to be honest with you. You tell also because a lot of those folks are already deceased and they haven't had anything to do with it. But when I got to Bayside, they put me into this program, uh, Core Plus. Mm-hmm. Basically, it was study halls. So I didn't have any classes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, but the director from the principal was get my fo- football program right. Because mm-hmm. I mean, they had, Bayside had some issues when I first got there. I mean, you had Bayside Arms, Lake Hill, with folks running up in the cafeteria. <laughs> you know, gotcha. they had riots, all kinds of stuff. And once we started winning, uh, the program started coming together. A lot of that stuff calmed down. So it changed the morale of the school? Pretty much. And they called me, well, when he left, I wound up getting six classes and pushing a cart around. <laughs> So I'm doing all that, but that's what I was getting paid for, to be a teacher. Mm-hmm. But when last time called, here we are again, another leverage thing. So, but at that time, I was told I was given all of that because the principal was an ex-football coach and he didn't want them to think he was doing me any favors. Gotcha. You know, you know we in education, but a whole lot of underhanded stuff and backdoor stuff be going on. I, I agree. So at that time, I'm mad now. So they tried to change my schedule up, but I won't have it. I'm going to Lansdowne. Leverage. Yeah, I'm going to Lansdowne. I'm on my way to there. And it was an opportunity to start a program from yeah. scratch. And uh, I knew coming in, we would probably struggle. Because I, I, I had no idea what was going to be there. I can remember... Uh, Delmas Coley and all those guys. I know they worked out with us. Showed up at a weight room or, at weight training. And then they, when they seen. And I sent them back. Okay. They, they, they were talking about I sent them back. I said, look, man, we ain't going to have nothing. And that was their senior year. Yeah. So I was like, just go on back, you know, and finish your senior year there. Because I, I didn't want to. I won't bought wasting somebody's. Yeah, he, he, told us up. He, he told us up, too. Yeah. He did it for like 315. 315, I remember it. I know you do. You was out there. I remember it vividly. And, uh, and then uh, that's how that came about. I wound up in Lansdowne. Okay. So, we get to Lansdowne. Like you just said, you didn't know what you had. A lot of talent, young guys, guys from everywhere transferred. Even some guys, you know, decided to travel along with you. We, mm-hmm. we, you know, I guess they moved, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we had some guys came from Bayside. But they moved. Yeah. Okay. They moved. <laughs> <laughs> they won't live in Bayside Zone. They we we did things the right the way. right way. Right. Okay. No, so we ain't had none right. of that living on this side of town and playing for this this. Hey thing. man, that's what I'm talking about. Because now I got accused of I don't know these guys named Roy Norfleet and all them. When okay. I left Bayside, they wound up playing for Western Branch. Okay. So I got accused of bringing these people from Chesapeake. That I physically went and picked them up from Chesapeake and bought them to Bayside. And that won't the case. <laughs> so. Okay. Yeah, they was they were legit. 
So, so Atlanta is not as successful, successful as we would like. Four and six, five and five. Then another phone call comes. How does this work again? When you decide yeah. that you're going back to your alma mater. No, I went to Norfolk State. That's what I'm saying, Norfolk State. Yeah, okay. I thought you were talking about Norfolk. No, no, no. I'm talking about Norfolk um, State. That was crazy. My boy, who I went to school with, Willie Gillis, got the job at Norfolk State. Mm-hmm. He calls me. He showed up at the house. At that time, he didn't have the job. And he came over. And he All the indications were he was going to get the job. Okay. So he was like, you interested in coming? And I'm like, Mm, I don't know about that. Because I know we had like 21 starters coming back for land with, with, on that sad. team. It was like 21 starters coming back. So I'm like, I don't know about that. Plus, I wasn't sure about going to coach college. So I'm sitting home. I had strep throat. And I'm sitting home. And I got a call from Tom Anderson, Coach Anderson. Yo, man, what's going on? I said, what are you talking about? He said, look at the news. So I look at the news. And they said, Willis Gillis has been hired at the North State coach, and his first hire is Robert Jackson. <laughs> so I'm sitting there like, oh, my God. You know, I ain't talk to nobody. You don't do no stuff yeah. like that. I ain't had a chance to come to y'all and say, look, man. Yeah, because that's how, I ain't lie, that's how we looked. We was like, damn. like." No, I, I didn't even know. Okay. I had no idea. I saw Well, I found out when I saw it on the news. Damn. And then when I, I went to school, because I had strep throat. So now it looks like it looked like you. It looked like you've been. It looked over like there, I done took off. Yeah. Well, I'm making deals and stuff, and ain't saying that. And that won't even the case. Damn. The first time you heard he, that story, he leveraged right? you. He leveraged me. <laughs> so I go and talk. Uh, what was the principal's name then? Uh, Atlanta. Yeah, Fassard. That was Fassard. Yeah, I go to talk to Fassard, and I tell him, Mister Doctor, I ain't agreed to nothing, and I don't even know why he put it out there. But then I said, he was like, well, what you going to do? I said, well, I'm going to look at it. I'm going to see what the contract, you know, and all that kind of stuff. But that was one situation that I was a little leery about. Looking back. But looking back on it. I learned some things about coaching, being a, as a head coach, some things that I didn't do that I implemented at Salem as far as being a head coach, like filming practices. I never did that. Yeah. Never did that till I got to North State. But once we started, once I got back to Salem, we filmed practices and just some organizational things. I, I uh, and then I learned a lot of things what not to do. Gotcha. Yeah. But that's how the North State thing came about. And then I, it, it really got uh, left a sour taste in when I looked at when y'all were in the state. And I'm like, oh my God. Y'all, but remember, y'all had told us anyways, though. Y'all said it. But I knew we were going to be good. Yeah. I knew them first couple of years going to be tough trying to put something together and we didn't really have our guys. But I knew Lanstown was going to be good. And then I was right. I just want a part of it. Y'all could have sent me a ring, man. <laughs> so so you was kind of like Steve Curry with Mark Jackson. I only watched basketball. Yeah, who, but, you know, who it was like, it was like that team was on the cusp, the yeah, Warriors. Yeah. And then you but know they, back, okay, well yeah, yeah, that's who we were. Then. Steve, I only watched. I only know basketball. I only watch basketball. So you, I got you. You name some dudes, and I'm like, who? I got you. <laughs> 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 All right, so at Nova State, uh, obviously you said you learned some things, what to do, what not to do, uh, some organizational skills. And we got fired, and then you got fired. 
It's like that. It's, it's a little different at college. I'm, look, I'm sitting there. Well, he only went two games in two years. Yeah, and then, and then the, the head coach and the AD was had some issues, and it, it was a mess. And I can remember sitting in the back of a room, it was in a classroom, and the NCAA was investigating because the kids said we practiced on Sundays and all. They told all of this, and we did. Oh, y'all was piling. So I'm like, we doing all this, but all the wrong stuff, and still ain't winning. Yeah, you know, I've always been a proponent that you can't sacrifice discipline for winning. It ain't, it ain't gonna never work for yeah. you. And I remember sitting when I was recruiting. I remember thinking we gonna get fired. So when I went recruiting, I went to all the losing schools. Salem was one of them. Green Run, <laughs> PA, all those schools was losing because I re- was recruiting a job. Now I won't recruiting players because I figured what am gonna recruit player for? We ain't gonna be there. So I'm gonna recruit me a job. So I went to a, a Salem game one night, and they were losing whatever. And the principal at that time, he knew we were gonna get fired, and he told me, "Don't forget about us." I said, "Okay, no problem." So when we wound up getting fired, those jobs came open. I had an interview with Green Run. I had an interview with PA, and I wound up having an interview with Salem. They came open late. Okay. And I looked up, and when I went through the interview process, the the people downtown said, all right, which one you want? And I said, Salem. That was like a Friday. He said, call me back Monday. I want you to think about Green Run. Mm -hmm. And at that time, I knew Green Run had talent and everything, but I was like, Man, you know, I just come from two wins and those days. And Green Run was owing a thousand at that time, yeah. and I was like, man, I ain't trying to be going through that process again. Even though Salem was one and nine, I was like, I ain't trying to go through. But that. it looked a little bit better. Like, yeah, and then I saw Kevin Willey play his freshman year. I was like, man, who was that guy? Mm-hmm. So I said, you know, I'm gonna go. Uh, I took wound up taking the Salem job. That's how that came about. Okay. So we get to Salem, and then it's it's on now. At this point now, because you said you've you've learned what not to do. Yeah, I figured this was my last stop. You've taken all these all these principles, all these sayings from Coach Langston, everything. You know, just being around football. So this is the last stop, supposedly. Well, at Salem, I figure I'm Coach Jackson now. You know, well, you know, I had some. Building stuff along the way. But after Norfolk State, whatever I was going to be, that's what I was going to be. Okay. Whatever, whatever I was going to become, that's gotcha. I was at that point now. Okay. Say, it's just a matter, of, a matter of finishing out now. Okay. And so, at Salem, in 11 seasons, all right, 102 and 31. So, you win 102 games and lose 31. I guess. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you. Uh, yeah. You won the Eastern Region Championship. I thought we won more than that, but good. And you go to the state semis three times. Right. Let's all right. So let's let's go there, and then we'll go back. Okay. Why did it seem like that game, it, the state championship, was just it was just saluting you? Like, it was know. always. It, it just won't meant to be something, guess, man. It just won't meant to be. I mean, I think our best chance we lost to Osborne. Because that team where you had Jamel Conley, Zeus, yeah, that guy, I, I thought that was the team where you. I thought you were gonna get it with them. Yeah, I thought so too. Yeah. 
And we lost. And that's all, what I played the kid Yep, we lost to him on some last second. Yeah, yeah. stuff and. Well, I mean, a whole lot happened. Yeah, of course, of course. We, yeah. we had some key guys get hurt, and and uh, that Hogan boy, he could play. Nah, he was a dog. I was at the game. Yeah, he, he could play. Yeah, he can take nothing from them. But I thought that was our best chance to win, and it it just never worked out. And people don't understand how hard it is to get to that level, and to try to stay maintain that level. When, well, let me put it like this. When you using your own kids, now if yeah. I'm getting kids from in everywhere. Yeah. from everywhere, then I can stay on that level. Got you. But when you try having to develop your kids from freshman on up to that point, mm-hmm. that's tough. Let's let's go to it was it's one thing I remember that game when y'all were playing Smith at the mm-hmm. uh, North State, and y'all were losing. Y'all, I think y'all were losing, and y'all went to halftime. It was seven and nine and half, that year we and won, y'all, and y'all came out. And I just remember Zeus taking the kick, opening taking the kick, the kick back. What happened in that locker room? <laughs> Won't no fussing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I swear to you, I did not fuss not one time. I, I remember what I said. You gotta ask. You gotta it ask Zeus. It won't. It no, won't. So I, it, all so I, I say, I so can tell you. So won't like you did Sawyer. We ain't gonna go into no, it on the camera, no, but, but it won't even. But it won't like Sawyer. No. What's up, Sawyer? My not dog. E- not even close. <laughs> not even close. <laughs> I don't even believe you brought that up. <laughs> that's my man. <laughs> yeah, I know what you're talking about on the field. Oh, I know you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm talking about that one and that PA. What I do at PA? You don't remember what y'all did at PA? Uh-uh. You and Platt? No, that'll lose me. Nah, we, we, nah, I'm getting man. old, man. That guy, that my diabetes man, my kicking man, in, man. My man's still coach, and you still an AD. Yeah. <laughs> my, my, my diabetes kicking in, man. I don't remember all, all right. that. Okay, diabetes. At uh, PA? Yeah. Oh, no. Mm-mm. Not me. Platt. Yeah. Not me. Okay. I'm like the dope boy. You ain't gonna find my fingerprints on the hey, dope. <laughs> hey, you got it, baby. You, you might got find it. them assistant coaches' fingerprints on it. You ain't gonna find mine on it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So. So we had said yeah, what were we talking about? Only we had said oh, we were talking about Salem and you know, the in the locker room. I can remember exactly what I said. I told them. <clears throat> I said they hit us with their best punch, and they only up by seven. I said they ain't got nothing left. Yeah, let's just go out here and finish these dudes off. And then Zeus ran the kick back, and it, it was just it. I, yeah. we were playing. And the way they scored on us, when you look back on it. I think it was a tip pass. Mm-hmm. It was something happened along that line with blown coverage or a tip pass, and the boy caught it and kept going. But we probably should have shut them out that night. That was a that was a hell of a game. So you get the itch that it's over. So what's what's the process like? I know a lot of people always say you know when they feel like they don't want to prepare no more, or they don't like practice. What, getting out of coaching. What, yeah. What made you what, when you woke up and said you know what? It's time to hang it up. I never, y'all were still success. Like, I never liked practicing. Okay. Even when we were successful, I hated going to practice. I, I just didn't want to go out there. I knew you had to go out there in order to be successful. You had to practice. But I just didn't like it. it I think with the, the sign for me getting out, because if we lost a game, I don't care what year it was, if we lost a game, it looked like it felt like it took some time off my life. 
and I, that's how serious I took it. If we lost, I would go in the room, cut the lights off, pull the covers over my head. I couldn't watch college football. I couldn't look at the film. It was just that pro that process where I had to get myself together. My family, they ain't mess with me, no nothing. Just, I'm just sitting in the dark, and that was all day Saturday. Gotcha. And I I knew that was a problem. You know, <laughs> if we won, I'm going yeah, on. I'm, doing the way you I'm going on the porch getting my. I'm, no, I'm going on the porch getting the paper in, in my drawers with a uh, with a cup of tea. I'm standing on the porch <laughs> with the newspaper. We're extending in my boxers, no shirt on, gut hanging over and everything. And uh, hey, hey, life was good. Yeah. Couldn't wait to go to the North State games and all that because you want everybody to see you. And, hey, coach, good game. Yeah, yeah. When you lost, now you want no parts of it. Yeah. When I got to a point where losing didn't hurt as much, I knew right then. It's time to go. Yeah, you need to start wrapping it up. You need to find start finding a successor or whatever. Do what you can do, but it's time to move on. It didn't hurt as much. Okay. So you find your way back to the HBCU, like you said, mm-hmm. uh, Norcom. Right. What was that opportunity like? You know, being able to come back to well, your mother and then I thought Salem, my last year, so we had already started practicing. And I think we were two weeks in and I thought we were gonna be good. And they wound up being good. But I knew we were going to be good. That was Devontae Walker now? No, that was after them. Okay, so you left Devontae after Walker, that, yeah, that was way after okay. that. Okay, Bucky. Uh, Bucky and them played with Walker in there. That was around that 11, 12. Okay. Around that time. I left, what's this, 21? So I left in 16. Okay. Bucky and them had already been gone. So, uh... I was sitting up there, we were practicing, and uh, I thought we were going to be good. And uh, I got a call saying, same type of situation. They weren't really happy with the candidates for AD. And my man told me, fill out, you know, apply for it. So at that time, I'm like, okay, I'll hear what they got to say. But I really won't try to, to leave. So I went over the interview, I got a call, we want to offer you the position. I remember calling the principal back saying, can I come in January? Because <laughs> I want to do this season. Yeah. Then come, he was like, no, I got to have you now. And then I talked to some people at Salem, he was like, mm. And I had, it was one of those situations where I could get out the classroom. I figure I'm at, I'm towards the end. Yeah, it's time to start making. It's time moves. to get I can get out the class, and then it was a new it was another challenge. You know, it being AD is a challenge. That's the competitive area too. Yeah, it, it, it was another challenge. Now I got other than football, I got something else I can look forward to. Okay, going out here and try to build programs okay. as opposed to a program. So you get to Norcom. <laughs> as soon as you get there, your first job. Well, one of the first things you have to do would be getting rid of the football coach. I was asked that in the interview. Okay. But I won't on board with that. Okay. So uh-huh. so for the, for the people who always had a lot to say, mm-hmm. that was already going to be a firing before Jackson got there. Before, well, you just had yeah, to be the guy to deliver the news. So you got to understand the, the, the climate at Norcom. 
I coach there with you. Yeah, so you I, were there. I, I, I see the same people at Norcom are the same people who go to the Norfolk State games. They're the same people who go to Virginia State, you know, any of these areas. Mm-hmm. And all they know is fire the coach. When Coach Langston was there, they took out a petition on us. Get rid of the coaches. We 14 and 0 won the state. Y'all don't throw the ball enough. You know. Those are the things we had to deal with. You had to deal with at Norcom. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was asked that about, you know, the coach. Man, my whole thing was always, have we given them all the resources to be successful? If you haven't done that, then firing them shouldn't even come into the okay. pitch. Okay. You know. And coach was a good guy. I mean, he's still a good guy. I say was. He's still a good guy. Yeah. And I liked him. I ain't, I ain't particularly happy happy how it went down, you know. And, you know, like you say, a lot of people got a lot of things to say. Because it looked like. Yeah, it looked like. They, it looked they like, said, yo, they Jack. They said I met with him like, and no, just, showed him some uniforms, then I fired him the next it day. It looks like. And that won't even. Came in. I did show him some uniforms, but. You fired the man. No, so I could get the job. And then you hired yourself. Yeah. No, that won't even the case. <laughs> like I just said, I won't enthuse about coaching at Salem. No I got you. So, yeah. That wild so, why would I do re- all of that? Rebuild again. When I was yeah, just why like, would I want to come yeah. coach something? And, uh, once again, we were about, I'm not going to name him. We were about to hire a coach. Okay. He didn't show up for the interview. I know. Who wanted to reschedule. <laughs> and it didn't sit well with the principal. Okay. So his whole thing was, no, I only if he doing it, I only want to go that route. And that's when I was so like, that was like the, nah, the I was third asked, hour. Just yeah. do it. And I said, well, I'll give you a year. And I stayed true to my word. I gave gave you a year, but next year you gotta find somebody. And that's where we are now. But no, I won't know as a matter of fact, if I was gonna do it. My first year was the year to do it because I think they had just came off a one and nine, yeah. so that would have been the time to do yeah, it yeah, yeah, if yeah. if I really wanted the job. They just won, lost the, the regional championship the year you fired him. That, that not year. you fired. Uh, he got fired. That year. Got you. Right. You want to say I did it? I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, I got you. Uh, I don't. I can't fire or hire anybody. Really? See, I, I, that, I don't have that power. Everybody thinks that the athletic director. I don't have that power. So I can highly like, recommend. Okay, but, it's but still I have from no power to fire or hire anybody. All right, so we know that now. The principal's the only one in any city at any school that can fire or hire somebody. It's his building. Now I can highly recommend. I got you. Or the principal can come to you and say what you think, and I tell him, and he might go with it. Okay. But I can't but physically it, uh, bring nobody in and say you fire and don't say nothing to him. I got you. That don't happen on any level. You know, general manager, he got to go to the owner. He just can't, I'm just going to fire the coach. <laughs> All right, so let's, in the last few minutes, let's have some fun, Coach. Good. All right, here we go. You done coached a lot of guys, a lot of Power 5 schools, you know. Mm-hmm. If, off. All right, so, Coach, let's have, these last few minutes, have a little fun. Okay. I got I got one story I want to talk about, and then I'm gonna ask you a couple questions. You remember that last time we was in practice, and two dudes got the rumbling. <laughs> Winslow, <laughs> and he hit my man with the helmet. 
Who did? It was Winslow and AJ. Oh. Hey, okay, go, go ahead. What about it? <laughs> nah, that joke was just funny, bro. Y'all just the, say, y'all just 30, let y'all, the, the thirty second rule. Yeah, y'all just let it rumble, man. My man got hit with the helmet. We had a thirty second rule that uh, if a fight broke out in practice, yep. they had thirty seconds to settle it. Yeah, to settle it. After and thirty if they seconds, still wanted more. You give him another thirty, and then that was it. That was it. Yeah, I remember that. And then he hit the boy with the helmet. <laughs> that was football, though. Like yeah. that. That. It's, we we can never go back there because oh my god lawsuits, but that was football. I remember man. that. Like you know what I'm saying? Like you got an issue with somebody. You got thirty seconds. Thirty seconds. Everybody start hollering. Thirty seconds. Thirty seconds. Everybody, everybody step 30. back. Yep. Circle I remember up. Remember that. But you know what? I always say it. If you go a whole year without a fight, yeah. without a fight, that make for a sorry team. You sorry. Yeah. You sorry. Because there's no way you can do all that hitting and everything and don't nobody get mad. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. All right. What are you trying to say? I was the reason why you got hit with it. No, 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 no. Oh, okay. Now you play. You you, you coach some some great players, coach. Give me. I don't want to say a top five. Let's just say, give me five guys that you've coached that just some nights you on the sideline and it would just make you be like, damn, like he did that. Well, I'm gonna go. I'll go school by school. Uh, my first job, Bayside, you know, I had Kenny Painter, Dion Rubottom, John White. It was a whole bunch of them. John McCoy, Raymond McCoy, uh, uh, Morris Webb. Well, I could say Morris Webb the last time, Most too. Dog, yeah. um, and I hate to leave anybody out. Roy Norfleet. You know, a lot of those guys jump out. Well, I mean, we had a whole lot more guys. You know, I'll stop at that. Last time, you know, Percy was right at the top. And I didn't find out about Percy really. He was young. Yeah. yeah and then that, that, that was just bad coaching. Yeah, you had him as a freshman. Because you had to play running back. Yeah, I put, I put <laughs> him at running back. I remember you saying but that look, to you. He like, played against Green Rank and had like 120-some yards and like four or five touchdowns. And I'm looking like, but he had been at wide out. Yeah. And I'm like. Man, what in the hell were we? What were we thinking? That was just bad coaching. Um, but Percy, Devion, of course, um, you were okay. I mean, you want that guy, but you was okay. <laughs> Sawyer was tough. TJ Morris was there. I mean, it was a bunch of guys. Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, Salem. I mean, top of my list, right off. You know, Kevin Whaley was tough. Probably one of the best ones I coached. Glendale Gibson, another one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're just looking at uh, Chima Coley. He wound up going to Penn State, that guy. Root to the bros. He the he, bros, yeah, too. Yeah, he was tough. That dude showed up at my house, man. To give you a feel-good story. Mm-hmm. Why why you do stuff. Yeah. He showed up at my house last week. Really? Found out where I live. Showed up at my house. I wasn't there, but he bought some gifts. And said he was very appreciative and gave me a lot of credit for some of the things he's achieved in life. I mean, he bought me this expensive watch, and I didn't get nothing from you. But he bought me some stuff, man. And, and you know, he was like, just saying. And I talked to him on the phone. He was like, Coach, I got to give you credit. It was a lot of things you said that I took with me. 
You know, this dude lawyer now, a couple of degrees. He done started his own business. That's who you want to get in here. He done started his own business, you know, doing this likeness thing with colleges. You know, these guys can sell their likeness now. Yep. So he left his job to start a business in that. Going to be very lucrative. But he was tough, you know. LaSalle, tough. Then I moved, you know, a little more. Then I got to the Devontae Walker and Bucky Hodges era. Man, all them dudes. It was just it's just so many guys that came through, man. That, that was tough. Man, but I think even more than that, a lot of those guys I named, a lot of guys I didn't name are doing well now. Working, got families, staying out of trouble. You know, they're doing well. I say stay out of trouble because that's what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Don't look at staying there. You don't get trophies for staying out of trouble. You're supposed to stay out of trouble. That's, that's like somebody tell you, I ain't never been to jail. Well, you ain't supposed to. You know, there ain't no big feet. Don't don't go to jail. Yeah. But it's a lot of those guys, man. It's, uh, it's some of those guys I was worried about. I ain't know how they going to turn out. But I always used to pray. And I still, still do. And I used to tell my coaches, I don't want to be that guy, and I don't want that staff, anybody on this staff. I didn't never want to go out and say something or do something that y'all saw that would lead you guys astray. I did not want that hanging. I had one guy, and this is what taught me a lesson about watching what you say. We used to have that saying, uh, nice guys finish last. I was at Bayside, and I said that. Nice guys finish last. Can't be nice out here. Well, I had a kid that went to school and got to school, wanted to be the dope boy. Wound up going to jail. <clears throat> I saw him later on, years later after he got out. And I said, because he wasn't that kind of guy, mm-hmm. I thought. I said, man, what happened? And he told me, you said, nice guys finish last. And I said, I didn't mean that literally. I didn't mean for you to go out here and be, yeah. but it just taught me, you, you never know how these guys are taking what you, they hearing what you say, and they never know how they're going to take it. So I eliminated that from my conversation, you know. And I just felt like, I, you need to watch what you say. Because mm-hmm. these kids, some of these kids, they, they internalize that stuff. And they really believe what you say. They buying into what you say. Damn, right. and, they, and it carries them in life. So uh, I was saying, you got to be careful. I'm not telling the young coach out here, you got to be real careful what you're saying out here and doing. You know, you can't let these kids see you all here just carrying on any kind of way. Because they, they watch. Our coaches are some of our greatest assets to our kids. You have bigger, you know, I was just talking, when Tom was telling me about, you know, the Hurricanes and stuff, you have bigger audiences, coaching wise, than most pastors have on Sunday. Yeah. Especially with males. You you with the kids more than they with their parents. Yeah. These kids will come tell you something they would never tell their parents. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're going to be in coaching, please take it serious. You're affecting lives. You are affecting lives. And you can't be that guy out here. It can't be anything goes. And you can't, the worst thing you can probably do, you can't be, it's almost like mom and dad. Being their friend, you trying to be their friend first before you become their before you're their coach. They got enough friends. Mm-hmm. You asked me about sayings earlier. One thing I coach always used to tell me, he said, "Don't ever talk about a kid to another kid, because you can best believe when that kid get mad, he he, bring that oh, up. he said this about you. 
you know, he always used to say that. Don't ever talk. And he always used to say, don't ever let a kid walk off that field with the last thing he remembers that you cussed him out. Don't ever let him walk off that field like that and take that home. So, hey, hey I owe him a whole lot for that kind of stuff. And, you know, just to touch back on how everything comes back full circle. I leave, I go to college and everything. I'm getting ready to, you know, try to become a member of Omega Sci-Fi. Mm -hmm. And I reach back to Coach Jackson. And you helped me with a recommendation letter. I did? Yeah, you did. You probably don't want hey, I put my stuff on the line for that. <laughs> for you. <laughs> but good. <laughs> but... But just you know, just, just you know, just just to say how much, you know, I looked up and you know admired you in that way that you know I, I thought to you know go back to you and and come for you to you know try to help me with something that I was trying to pursue. And well, you know what it goes to show you another lesson. Always trying to teach. It goes to show you that it would be uh, it did, it does you well to treat people right. Yeah. You know when you have an opportunity. Had you been some old jacked up kid, yeah. I wouldn't have wrote nothing for yeah, you. You screwed me. Yeah, I wouldn't have never wrote nothing for you. But it just go to show you how when you treat people right and do right by them, it always come back and, and winds up working out in your favor. If you all here just screwing people over, man, ain't nobody, gonna, ain't nobody trying to help you. They hate to see you come. Mm -hmm. They hate it. Don't be that guy. I always say I'm working on a big funeral. I want a big funeral because I figure anybody that came to my funeral, I want to feel like, I won't know it, but I want to feel like I touched their life in some kind of way. Yeah. They ain't just there being nosy. So I want to go through life make, working on a big funeral. like that. Coach, I, know you I appreciate you coming in, man. Can I ask you a question? What's up? What made you start this? And what's your what's your goal? What are you trying um, to do? That's a good question. What made me start this was, you know, a lot of times you keep looking around and you see a lot of these media outlets or mm -hmm. these, you know, recruiting services and sports uh, stations. It's a lot of guys that never played. They don't really have a good grasp of the game. They don't really care about these people that they're interviewing or they just want a story. And right. To me, it's more about just sitting here and having that conversation of things that we did in the locker room, things we saw, and everybody relates to that, especially somebody that played, even somebody that didn't play, because most a lot of people want to be an athlete, but they couldn't be an athlete, so now they get to see, oh, that's what happens in the locker room, or that's what happens at practice, so that's why I did that. Well, I used to tell y'all. And the end goal is, sky's the limit. Yeah. I used to tell y'all, uh... If it was easy, everybody would do it. Mm -hmm. You know, football, if you chose football, football ain't choose you. Facts. And if it was easy, everybody, I, we, we, well, we got 40 people, it would be 400 people if it was easy. That's why I'm glad it's not easy. Yeah. And like I said, I, I owe any kid that ever played for me, I feel like I owed them something. Because they didn't have to come out there. You know, like I say, I ain't taking no credit from them. But Bayside, where we had success, it was those kids. I ain't make no tackles. I ain't score no touchdowns. I took the pictures, but but it was those it was it's those kids. Yeah, it was those coaches I had. You know, last town. I mean, we didn't have as much success, but we was in a building, and it wound up being successful. But it was those kids who who wanted and 
and, and, and came out and, and worked hard to get what you guys got. See, you, you got a nice ring y'all ain't seen sent me up there. You should have sent me one. I'm talking to my people at Johnson's for you. I got you, man. Yeah, yeah, send me a ring so I can put it on the camera. I got you, man. Okay. <laughs> Shot clock. <laughs>